0: Welcome back to Growth Colony, Australia's B2B growth podcast. I'm Alex Hipwell with X-Growth, your co-host for this podcast where you'll hear from B2B executives and sales and marketing roles on the newest and most effective strategies and tactics in the B2B space. Now, let's dive right into this episode. Hello,
1: everyone. Welcome to another episode of Growth Colony. I'm Shaheen Hoda with X-Growth, and today I'm talking to Justin Keller, Vice President of Marketing at Terminus, about account-based marketing technology stack. On that note, let's dive in. Justin, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for letting me hang out with you, Shaheen. Well, it's an absolute pleasure, and Terminus is one of the main players in the ABM space. Super excited to be able to talk to you and come on the podcast. But... For those who might not be familiar with yourself or Terminus, can you give us a quick intro?
2: Yeah, sure. So we are um, definitely one of the main players in ABM, as you said. We'll get into this, I'm sure. ABM is nothing new, right? I think the, the level of the amount of data that marketers have, the amount of technology they have at their fingertips is what's really changed things. And Terminus has really been at the forefront of leading that kind of technological revolution. So we basically give marketers everything they need in a single platform. We've got the firmographic data on almost 70 million B2B businesses. We offer more engagement channels than any other uh, vendor out there. So so in, in addition to uh, account-based advertising, we offer account-based chat, email, um, advertising, chat, uh, I said chat, website personalization, social media, advertising. And then um, we give you the ability to measure all of that and more inside a, a really robust attribution platform.
1: That's amazing. And what about yourself? So can you tell us a little bit of how did you end up here at Terminus and in ABM?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in um, B2B marketing my whole career, got my start actually in a a pretty interesting startup in Indianapolis, where I am now, super high growth company, and just kind of got the bug for technology and for marketing. And so I went and moved to San Francisco, the heartbeat of kind of all things tech. I led marketing teams out there for seven, eight years. And then uh, came back to Indianapolis to take a role leading the marketing team at a company called Sixter, which is how I got to Terminus. Terminus acquired Sixter late last year. And what Sixter did was inserted targeted ads inside the one-to-one emails that you and I send every day with Gmail or Outlook emails. But out of that, and this is kind of, and I'm sure we'll get into this too, the data that Sigster was able to unearth that kind of quantified and mapped the relationships of everyone in your company with the rest of the world is a really interesting first party data source that was kind of the main driver for Terminus making the acquisition because, as you know, being where you are, data... data privacy laws are tightening up all over the place. And marketers that are looking very forward are trying to figure out how can they get their hands on really good first-party data? And that's where the Sixter acquisition came in and been lucky enough to come along for the, the ride to Terminus and uh, lead up their, their brand marketing efforts.
1: That's amazing. I always understood the value of what Sixter brought to the table with email advertising, but I, I actually didn't realize the data component that you mentioned. You have an amazing set of data and how valuable that that can come. I just realized that when you when you mentioned it, that's that's really cool. It's,
2: everyone does business via email, right? And there's so much data that has just kind of sat there. And so Sixter got really good about figuring out how to mine it and, and turn it into useful uh, information.
1: That's awesome. Now, obviously, as you mentioned, you have a very strong background in marketing technology, especially marketing technology in in B two B. I'd love to get a bit of understanding about what has abm martech or marketing technology history has been like what have you seen in the past maybe you know it kind of started around 2014 2015 what has that journey been until today what have you seen in the market it's a really good question
2: first of all i think what we know abm as now today is no longer abm it started out as targeted advertising right so budget-conscious, smart marketers didn't want to do the spring and pray thing. They wanted to get very intentional about the companies they were getting out in front of and the message that they were putting in front of them, right? And, you know, Marketing 101 is, is telling the right story to the right people. And so in a world where we're hit with 8 million brand impressions a week, being able to get really personalized with the message you're putting in front of someone is the difference between a good marketer and a great marketer. And so that's where it started. And then as that kind of competency has become more sophisticated, more and more data has come into play, right? So it's not just about figuring out how to put my message in front of the right company. It starts with, okay, what is the right company? How do I figure out exactly who the right accounts for me to be targeting is, right? And it's not just kind of the firmographic data, it's also the intent data. Who is looking for solutions like my product or service provides who is more likely than another company based on data to buy based on any number of data. So getting really good about understanding your potential market has been a big innovation for, for ABM being able to drive that message across multiple channels is kind of the next thing that's, that's really developed. So it's not just about display ads anymore. It's about kind of creating a, a very immersive customer experience. And then kind of where I started, where I said, you know, ABM is not ABM anymore. It's really about kind of, it's, it's just a, go-to-market motion, right? So it's not just marketing, it's sales having to be very tightly aligned and understanding exactly what the marketing team is doing to create interest in target accounts and knowing when to start making the moves to start an opportunity, Start, start, I mean, not even an opportunity, to start a, start a conversation, a relevant conversation. And so that's kind of the third leg skip to today, it is, I'd say, completely about creating a, an experience, right? It's not just about pumping a bunch of money into ads. It's about delivering a very personalized, thoughtful experience that clearly presents your brand's value and lets you work with the rest of your, your customer-facing team to turn that interest into opportunity.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I can see where you're coming from. Where So you're saying today, ABM is being a lot more focused on experience. Or I know some brands now call it ABX, right? Account-based experience. Is that what you're saying that today's landscape look like?
2: I think so. I don't even like the account-based part because that sounds so like alien to a lot of marketers, right? Account-based, what does that mean? Right? And it's really not, it's just, you're finding your right future customer and creating a really thoughtful experience for them. Right? And that's like, as a marketer, that's what feels so good. Right. You're not just kind of trying to game the system. You're not trying to trick people into giving you their email address. You're trying to create the kind of experience where people want to come along the ride with you. So that's where I think we are today. And it's super, super exciting to be a marketer for that reason. But it does require a lot, like a sea change in the way marketing thinks about how they're going to market, what they're measuring, you know, even how they kind of plan what they're going to do for the year.
1: Yeah. I see your point. We talked about some of the categories that are now in the, ABM world if we want to call it that. Let's crystallize that a little bit more. There are, there are a few that you mentioned. There's advertising, there is intent, but if you want to characterize those ABM technology categories, what kind of buckets would you put them in?
2: I'd say there's three maybe four. First is data. What does that mean? It can mean anything you want, but it's the more data you have and the, the better the tools you have at layering that data together to create really tight segments that allow you to distribute content in a personalized but efficient way is the first part, right, so data. The second part is channels of engagement or I don't know what you wanna call them, but marketing channels, right? So how are you, now that you've got a really tight segment, what's the message you're gonna put in front of them and how are you gonna get in front of them? And so Terminus is thinking a lot about that and you sure adds as part of it, but it goes beyond that from the time they click, what their experience on their website is, how you engage with them, how you're tracking their behavior, And then the third thing is the measurement piece. Like how are people engaging with your content? What are they doing? What are the signals that they are passively giving to you to understand their level of interest and their propensity to buy? And that's why I said there's maybe four because I think the fourth thing is part of the third thing, but the sales intelligence, understanding or, or providing a channel between your marketing team and your sales team to understand here's all the things marketing's doing now sales. Here's the information you need to turn all of, all of the work that marketing's done, all the interest and engagement they've created and turning that into a building a relationship and starting a conversation, that's kind of the fourth thing. I see, I see.
1: The other thing that I wanted to ask is, where do you think the industry is going? So we saw earlier in mid 2010s, right? We saw that these companies start to, ABM companies, ABM technology companies started to come about. And towards the end of that decade, if you want to call it. It's a bit nostalgic and, and weird to say that right now, but we're in 2020. But towards the end of that decade, there we start to see acquisitions and mergers. I mean Terminus and Sixter, the Marketo purchase, in the general marketing technology. Where do you see the ABM MarTech scene going from here?
2: I think this is why I'm like I mean I'm so excited to be a terminus. I think where we are right now is where marketing automation was like 2005, 2010, in that area where it was just starting to climb up the curve and is about to become kind of the way B2B marketing gets done. So I really think it's kind of the next wave of technology. And I think that there, I think without being too disparaging, I think that marketing automation as we currently think of it is in its dusk because it is, you know, relies on a lot of antiquated frameworks of, of doing marketing, right? Like that your form is the front door to your business. And that's just not true anymore. People don't fill out forms like they used to. People are doing all of their buying research before they ever raise their hand So by the time if they do fill out that form, their buying journey is mostly done and you had no control over it whatsoever. Skip to today. What I think the big difference is, is that we have the capabilities and the data that we need to understand who our future customer is going to be before they know it and to be able to get your message in front of them before your competitors are and to create a better more personalized experience for them that makes them want to buy and pulls them along the buyer journey that you kind of want them to go down, not the one that they're going to go down themselves. And so it's a much different way of doing things. Like marketers are used to kind of hustling that inbound channel and a lead is kind of like what they're being measured on. And that's just not the case anymore. I think marketers are now going to be measured on revenue and that might scare some marketers. It's a good thing working a lot more tightly with sales to generate, because at the end of the day, I mean, marketers are getting, they're making their paycheck because they're growing their business. And leads are not a smart, efficient, or even predictable way of growing your business. Going to battle with your sales team lockstep is the right way to do it. And that's kind of where we are now. And and so Terminus is kind of making a lot of really smart acquisitions to enable marketing and sales teams to do exactly that.
1: Right, so you definitely think we're going to see more acquisitions. Do you think some of the big players are going to enter the ABM space because not a lot of the, you know, you mentioned the MarTech or the CRM giants, the Salesforce, the HubSpots, the um, uh, Adobe's of this world haven't necessarily started in this space. I mean, they talk about, they, you know, they offer some ABM features, but they really haven't come into the space directly. Do you, do you think we're going to see a movement from their side coming in?
2: Yes, is the answer the vector i'm not sure of right are they going to do it through acquisition are they going to do it through product development i think that remains to be seen i think that there will be some mega acquisitions that happen i'll go ahead and say that on record that and it's not going to be next year i think it'll be a few years from now but, you know, like I think about Marketo, they're sitting on 15 years of code base, right? And when you're changing that much, you can't turn that boat that quickly, right? So you have a lot of really smart upstarts coming in. And this is where I think things get really interesting and competitive is that, you know, Marketo is, or marketing automation, I should say, is great. We use it, but it is kind of becoming increasingly more relevant to us, right? For us... It's a little bit of workflows, but it's not even landing pages and emails anymore, right? Like there's just, they're so clunky to use and build emails and landing pages through that the value is just diminishing year over year. And so much more of our energy is being put into creating new things. I think that there is going to have to be some acquisitions because I think that marketers are wising up to it. What I will say is I think that it'll be interesting to see exactly how how the market matures to that level. Cause I think building a category is difficult and time consuming. And I can see why very healthy companies, Salesforce, Marketo, HubSpot, are letting other people do that for them. And then I think when the time's right, they'll, uh, they'll make some big moves. Gotcha. That's,
1: that's, the, uh, that's the benefit of having deep pockets, right? Exactly.
0: <laughs> hey, it's Alex from Xgrowth. I just wanted to take a moment to tell you about the Growth Colony Slack channel. Do you ever find yourself stuck with a B2B problem? Need a second opinion on your next campaign? Or looking for some feedback on that piece of martech you're thinking to purchase? Well, that's why we created the Growth Colony Slack channel. This Slack channel is like a small dinner party where you get to meet and mingle with B2B professionals, hear what others are doing, and keep up to date with the latest B2B trends and news. You'll also get access to a range of exclusive content from our podcasts, webinars, and events. The best thing about it, it's all free. If this sounds interesting, head over to growthcolony.org forward slash slack and sign up. That's growthcolony.org forward slash slack.
1: Now, we talked about the kind of different categories and some of the different tools that are out there. If somebody wants to start their ABM journey today, Where do you think they should start when it comes to technology and tools?
2: It's a good question. I think before anyone invests in technology, they need to kind of come to grips with what they want to do, right? I mean, and I said this already, but all ABM is, is finding the right people and telling them the right story. And you don't necessarily need technology for that, right? If you know that one company out there is your ideal next customer, do everything you can to work with your sales team to go out and bring them home. You don't need technology to do that. Where you need technology is where you start to scale from there, right? So if you go from one company to a hundred companies, it becomes a little more difficult ex- you know which of those hundred companies, how are we going to select which ones, right? Are we just going to come through LinkedIn? That gets a little time consuming and you start to run into some data quality issues. Being able to deploy campaigns to them becomes a lot more difficult. So when I did it, this is the kind of story I did. I started with one company, really hard at them. And then we're like, okay, that worked pretty well. Let's try and do it with hundred companies. What we did to build the marketing programs for them is we sat down in a room and built a hundred personalized landing pages. We built a hundred different sets of ad creatives all by hand and it was extremely manual. And after we were done with it, we were like, okay, let's never do that again. (laughs) Let's figure out a better way of doing this going forward. And so as you start to scale it up and you start to get more sophisticated and you understand exactly how the machine's working, you need technology to make things happen quicker. And that goes back to your earlier question, like what are the main categories? It's data, so figuring out a better way to figure out who your next customers are, the engagement channels, figuring out how to get that message in front of those companies, and then being able to measure it and turn your sales team on at the right time. And that's kind of exactly what Terminus has been building.
1: I love it. I love it. So what about gimmicks in this industry? There are marketers, obviously, we always love tools and we get excited about tools. And that's something that we, we gravitate towards quite quite quickly, which is in a lot of situations, not the right thing to do. But then there are also tools that are very useful and they could bring a lot of value. And then in any category that is kind of new, there are tools that could be a bit gimmicky and not necessarily very valuable. And it's a bit hard to see that right at the beginning. Are there any category or type of tools that you've come across in the ABM space that you look at and you're like, this is cool, but it's not really that useful? Yeah, that's a great question.
2: And you're absolutely right. Like as soon as ABM kind of became a hot word, all of a sudden, everything that every marketer was doing was, or every marketing vendor was doing was ABM, right? Uh, Whether it was true or not. Um, So it's kind of like, there's a lot of noise to sort through and figure out exactly what's true or not. I do think that the gimmickiest thing is just account-based advertising, right? Like i think there's some people out there that are saying okay we can we can sell you targeted advertising and it's going to drive more leads right and they're saying it because marketers know and love leads they're familiar with it and they're comfortable with it and they don't want to give it up and it's simply not true right like i mean i'm a marketer i've i've been doing display ads for gosh 15 years now and display ads perform miserably in terms of lead generation. It just is not a great channel. But in terms of driving awareness, it's fantastic, right? And so it's not about lead generation anymore. So there's a lot of vendors out there that will say, it's an ABM thing that grows leads. And if you hear those two things in the same sentence, you should raise an eyebrow because those two things shouldn't necessarily be complementary. ABM is about driving awareness with the right people and then kind of creating a conversation with them it's not a lead generation tool. And if, if you've got an ABM vendor trying to sell you leads, really needle them on that, exactly what that means. I love that,
1: I love that. It is, you're right, because a lot of companies, as you said, deal with leads, MQLs and SQLs and all that stuff and that's, and we're talking some big companies, some of the very well-known tech giants out there are still operating on that model. You know, we have a lot of clients who, uh, who come and say, all right, so if we do this, you're gonna deliver us leads. And I'm like, well, I mean, I think I know what you mean by leads. It's not necessarily what what we would call it, but yes, there will be opportunities that would come out of this campaign and we would, you know, we would be generating opportunities, but what we would really love to do is to move away from the concept of leads and talk about accounts because one lead doesn't really do anything anymore. There are multiple decision makers. So I, I love that. I love if So if, if they're talking about leads, make sure you... Uh, stay away. That's not the goal of of, of ABM. Where do people go wrong with tool selection? I mean, we've touched on a few things here. We've touched on some of the gimmicks. We've touched about maybe jumping too early with tools. Is there anything else that comes to mind? You
2: know, if you look at, and we've got some data around this, about kind of like the ABM adoption curve, right? If you look back three, four, five years, right when the hype cycle was going up, everybody in the world said that they were starting to do ABM. And then if you look about two years ago, there was a huge drop off and people stopped doing ABM. And I think that's because people were like, oh, this is the new way of doing things. Oh crap, it didn't work and that's because i think if you just buy a bunch of technology all of a sudden you're doing it and you know whether they think it's leads or what i don't know what they think it is is going to start working for them they realize that's not true because it's not a matter of buying technology the technology enables what the most important thing is which is working with your sales team and driving revenue and if you are thinking you know back to what we were just talking about if you think you're buying abm to get leads you're having the wrong conversation you are getting abm because you want to have a business transformation where You're working hand in hand with sales to drive revenue and no technology can solve that for you. There's technology can certainly help, but there is a mind shift or a mind, yeah, like a shift that has to occur between your sales, your marketing, even your CS team that says, okay, at the end of the day, all we care about is revenue. How are we going to be smart about going out and getting it? And. I think that's where kind of the fallacy kicks in about buying the wrong kind of technology. Is that they think that if I buy some software, it's going to fix my problems. When a lot of times those problems are kind of interpersonal and interdepartmental between sales and marketing. So getting aligned with you know, and it's kind of a top-down thing. Your leaders have to agree that this is the right way of driving revenue. And if you've got that agreement, then you can start getting smart about the technologies you're you're buying to support the covenant that, that those two leaders are, are developing.
1: Yeah. So you have to have that internal shift, that change management before you kind of start talking about tools and quote unquote, implementing ABM. There are a lot of great points that we've talked about here just and I really appreciate it. On the last note, is there anything that on this topic that you think I haven't asked, but you think there's a lot of value for us to talk about?
2: We glossed over it. I guess we didn't really. We talked a lot about experiences, but I want to like talk about what that really means because this is for me, like in my career, been the most rewarding part of being a marketer. Like when I made the shift from being a marketer that just tried to be as loud as possible, drive as many freaking leads into the funnel as I can, it felt kind of dirty and slimy and it didn't feel so bad then. It felt a little bit bad then, but now that I'm kind of focusing on creating really personalized experiences, like the kind of experiences where people fall in love with your brand, it is so much rewarding and makes you feel so proud of what you do and makes you even feel cool about what you're doing. That that for me has kind of been the biggest internal shift about this kind of, you know, I, I'm doing air quotes here, ABM.
1: It feels better and it feels like what marketing should be about. I love it. Can you give us an example of some of the campaigns that you've done? I'd love to hear some if you can. I, I'm not sure if you can, but is, is there something that comes to mind?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we, I mean, we've gotten really thoughtful with our one-to-one campaigns. And I think that's probably the purest expression of what I'm talking about here is when it's not like you're doing an industry-focused campaign, which we fully recommend you do. But when you have a darling company that you want to earn, being able to create ads that are saying, know, here's how Terminus is going to support company name to do this thing. And those ads lead to a landing page that not only says, hey, company name, here's what's so great about Terminus, but there's also a little chat window that pops up. And it's not a chat bot. It's the actual salesperson that is responsible for that account. And it's able to connect them directly to the people that are visiting you. And you already have intelligence on these people. You understand who they are. That feels really good. It's like all of a sudden, you know, everyone's kind of an old friend. And that even goes down to kind of like the direct mail we send, right? Like we do kind of batch format direct mails, but we'll also work with our sales team to get really thoughtful. We'll we'll kind of figure out without getting creepy, but we'll try and learn more about the people we're trying to work with and their interests and passions. And we'll try and deliver a gift or an email or what have you that's relevant to them and super personal. And that creates a lot of brand affinity that is really, I mean it's a huge competitive advantage because your competitors are probably not doing as thoughtful a job as as you are or
1: you can do. Justin, you gotta give us an example, man. I'm not gonna let you go. Tell us one of the examples about these personalized campaigns with direct mail that you guys worked on.
2: Oh gosh, okay. So we do... With the direct mail piece, at least, what we'll typically do is we'll get on their Twitter and we'll find out what sports teams they like. We do do a lot of kind of sports-related things for the sports fans. I'm trying to think of one that's not sports-related, though, because I'm not a big sports person, so this doesn't really vibe for me. Oh, how about this? We had a um, the champion of one of our, our prospects, we found out, was a foster mom for dogs, right? So she'd adopt dogs and give them a temporary home until they found uh, a new owner. We found that out. And we subscribed her to, I don't know if they have this down there, but this thing called Bark Box, which is just a monthly subscription that sends dog toys and dog treats so that she had a monthly supply of new dog toys coming to her foster puppies and and new treats and all kinds of stuff. So not only was it like super aligned with her passion, it was super thoughtful because she got to take better care of her dogs. It happened on a monthly basis. So we were kind of every month we show up in her inbox or in her mailbox, and it would be a good reminder of who we are and what we're trying to do, engaging her on a super personal level. And that felt really good. That's that is not a B2B thing at all. And it worked really damn well.
1: I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's amazing when you find information like that, that people really care and you are able to fulfill it or really address it. That's awesome. I did put you on, on the spot over there. I do apologize, but this was worth it. This is worth it, Justin. Thanks so much for jumping on this. This was really valuable. I really enjoyed the conversation and everything around ABM technology. If people want to find out more or want to know more, what's the best way for them to, to, uh, to do that? Yeah. Terminus.com
2: is where they can learn more about us. If you want to learn more about me, I'm pretty much at Justin Keller on all of the things. And yeah, I mean, I like making new friends, but let's keep it personal. Just like, you know, we sent the bark box to the foster mom. I'm always happy to talk to people if they can, uh,
1: you know, get a little bit personal. Keep it personal. I love it. Justin, thanks so much. Thank you so much, Jaheim. This was great.
0: Hey, it's Alex again from X-Growth. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, we'd love it if you take a moment to rate us on Apple Podcasts. It would really help get the word out to other B2B professionals. If you're hungry for more B2B content, make sure to join our Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack, where we share the latest B2B news, tactics, tips, and chat about problems we're facing in the B2B space and find solutions together. That's growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next episode.